0: the city boy. Give him your best and nothing like the rest Passing every test. You know he's the one yeah Amen won't you bow with me in a quick word of prayer Father God in Jesus name we thank you we love you we adore you because you are our God we thank you for being so good to us we thank you for being gracious we thank you for being mighty for being powerful for keeping us as our elders would say better than we could keep ourselves. God, we thank you for preserving our lives in the midst of a time when we cannot take life for granted. Thank you, God, for giving us a reasonable portion of health and strength so that we can make it to this place today. Thank you for your blessings, for your favor over our lives, God. Thank you that you have protected our children as they have moved around in daycares and in schools and in various places. Thank you for protecting them, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God, that you have preserved a way for us to to take care of ourselves. For some of us, it has been through jobs. For some, it's been through other means, God. But you have consistently taken care of us, Lord, and we dare not take that for granted. We pause to say thank you. Here we are, 18 months into a pandemic, God, and somehow or another, you have allowed our moments to roll on, as our elders would say, just a little while longer, Lord, and for that, We stop to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for being so kind to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, I agree with the psalmist today. We agree with the psalmist today who said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There were many weeks and many months when we could not go into the house of the Lord. We could gather virtually, but we could not get together physically, God to be in the presence of one another, to worship uh, to worship and feel the glory of your presence in person. God, thank you for this privilege. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I pray now that you will minister a word through me to these, your people, in a way that will be real to them, in a way that will be relevant, in a way that glorifies your name. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. One more time. Won't you praise God? Man, so uh, we are continuing our series, A Different World. Uh, thank you all for being gracious on last week. Uh, also, let's give it up to Shayla, because uh, Shayla did her thing last Sunday. Uh, amen. And Shayla, Shayla had maybe 14 hours notice that she needed to preach. I think um, we, uh, I, I reached out to Shayla at about 2.30 uh, last Saturday uh, afternoon. Uh, To say that Carla and myself and Layla uh, were headed out to uh, to Dallas. Um, Carla's uncle was on life support and uh, we just felt it was important to be present as things took a quick, quick turn uh, and to be able to process things with family. Uh, So we just found the quickest flight we could find and we just made our way out there. It was my mom's birthday and so it was really just torn about that and she was gracious um about like hey y'all y'all go and do what you have to do and so last last sunday last saturday um let shayla know at the last minute and and she stood up here and the holy spirit stood in her and she did her thing and so i certainly praise god for uh for that amen amen Uh, i want to continue the series uh this week uh, a different world i wanted to talk about this last week um, but god knew what y'all needed to hear and he knows what we need to hear this week Uh, and so we're going to be talking about boundaries so the title of today's sermon is a different boundary a different boundary and 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 the premise is basically this uh coming out of the pandemic many of us realize that we need to live our lives in ways that are different uh than we were uh you know call it pre-march of 2020 And one of the things that we, many of us realize we need to do differently relates to boundaries. And so that's what I'm gonna be talking about today. And that is the area that I'm gonna be pushing us in. Um, I'm gonna cue, I have them cue up this uh, video clip from uh, a different world. It's a little grainy. You know how YouTube is you take what you can get. Um, But, um, and and it's square. It's also square, right? Because TVs were square, believe it or not. People that born after 2000. TVs used to be square, um, so um, so they're going to cue that clip up uh, real quick and show that clip, and then I'll come back. It, it may last maybe two and a half minutes, three minutes. Um, they'll play the clip. I'll come back, cue up the sermon, and then we will take it from there. We ready? Let's do it. I need to talk oh, to you. I'm so sorry, Joanne, for walking off like that the other day. I went no wait, It's okay. It. I forget what I said. What? Lena, come here. Now, only a cornball would give up the chance to be with you, right? Then let's go. (laughs) Where are we going? My room. Charmaine and Gina won't be back for at least ten minutes. Come on. (laughs) No, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. I'm lying. I know you are. Look, Lena. You see, fools like Terrell, they try to give as much as they can before they settle down. Now, you see, on my wedding night, I want to give my woman the gift no one else has had. That's what I was taught. That's what I believe. Now, if you can't respect that, then we just have to be friends. It might be nice not to have to fight a brother off every five minutes. But, uh, you have to promise not to wear those tank tops around me because you look too good. (laughs) I'm trying to remember that. was really going to happen just a minute ago. Just want you to know that. Really? Really? What kind of girl do you think I am? But it's nice to know that you're not after me just for my body. Help me, Lord. <laughs> alright, all alright, alright. Alright, so let me explain some of the clip because the volume was a little low. Um, so what's happening in this clip is um, uh, Dorian and uh, I forget her name the, the the character that Jada is playing uh, they are dating and Jada is ready for sex with Dorian and Dorian isn't she finds out that Dorian is committed to celibacy and it's because of his faith and so um, she's taken aback by it um, Dorian kind of stands on his and he sets his boundary um, it, word gets out to Jada's friends and also to Dorian's friends and some people give him a hard time about it Jada's ready to go and he is not ready to go um and so in this particular clip he is now like coming back right to to almost like backtrack on what he said because he's like I would be a fool uh, or like a cornball as he says to like not want to be with you and so she is like okay let's go then and so that's when she says You know, my roommates won't be back for 10 minutes. And then he catches himself and he reestablishes his boundary um, there at that moment. And she acquiesces and says that, like, yo, it's dope that I don't have to fight off brother every five minutes. And she acquiesces to his boundary. So that's that is what's happening in that particular clip. Um, in, In this clip. Right. Like Dorian is in this position where he is willing to defend his personal boundary even amidst all of the social pressure that he is going to experience as a result of doing this. And what they are effectively trying to communicate is the difficulty, the challenge um, that we face when it comes to setting and defending boundaries that we have in life. In this particular clip, right, the boundary is clearly a sexual boundary, but it's not just difficult to maintain sexual boundaries, It's difficult to maintain any personal boundary, and that's what I want to talk about today. The reality is it's difficult whether we're talking about social boundaries, professional boundaries. Keeping these boundaries are very difficult to do, and it's difficult because many of us have been socialized to say yes. From childhood, many of us have been socialized to always say yes. I mean, think about it for a minute. What was the hallmark of a good student? The hallmark of a good student was to always do the assignment. No matter what the social, emotional, physical toll that assignment was going to take on you, a good student stayed up all night if needed to do that assignment and to turn that assignment in the next day. Growing up, the hallmark of a good kid was what? You always said yes. I'm 40 and I don't know if I've ever told my mother no or not. And some of y'all, that is your same story. Like we were socialized to say yes, right? You don't tell your mama no. It's not a word in the kids vocabulary. And so many of us who are parents now, we do the same thing with our kids. So we've carried this stuff into adulthood and we carry it into our work lives in the same way we have never told mama no, in the same way we have uh, uh, always said yes when a teacher asked us to do something to complete something we have carried that into our professional lives and when it comes to work we always say yes even if the answer should be no we say yes we say yes at home we say yes to our children out of daddy guilt out of mommy guilt even when the answer really should be no we say yes Let me suggest to y'all that setting boundaries can be hard to do because of the way that we have been socialized. But may I suggest to you for the sake of this sermon that you and other people are served better when you create boundaries. Let me say that one more time. You and other people are served better when you create boundaries. And if we've learned anything from this pandemic experience, I would say that we have learned that we have learned that having healthy boundaries are important in our lives. There is a lesson that comes out of Exodus. It is the story of Moses and Jethro that I think provides for us uh, something that can be really tangible for us to carry on today, carry out of here today as it relates to boundaries. Let's look at Exodus uh, chapter 18. Um, It's a little bit lengthy because I want you to get the context of this story. It's Exodus chapter 18. We're going to be looking at verses uh, 13 through 26. It says, the next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses, father in law, replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me. And I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who, have dis- who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves and that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Finally, verse 24 through 26 says, Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders of the people. Officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They served as judges for the people at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided themselves. The difficult ones they decided, the simple ones they decided themselves. I want to talk to you first of all about the push of the people. Let's look at what happens here in the story. Looking back at verses 14 and 15. It says, when his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Verse 15, Moses answered him, because the people come to me. Let me say this, and I hope this helps somebody. People will unintentionally wear you out. In the story, what they are asking of Moses was not bad, that that their, their ass are in no way unhealthy, what they are asking of Moses, that their intentions don't at all seem to be wrong. But it is the push of the people that is wearing Moses out. Can I talk for a moment to the yes people in the room? To the people who have been socialized to always say yes. People will wear you out with things and requests that are not inherently bad if you don't learn to set some boundaries. I I know it is an uncomfortable word for you to mouth. It is an uncomfortable word for you to say, but we're going to practice it a little bit today if that's all right. Those of you that are here, those of you that are streaming, we're going to practice it right here. Say, Say it back to me. No. It it don't feel right. You feel like a hand is coming to to pop you in your mouth for saying that word. Let's practice this. I'm not available. I can't. Thank you for the invitation, but unfortunately, I have to decline. Y'all struggling with that one. They might not invite me again. If I don't say yes, I will be lonely for the rest of 2021. They will never invite me out for drinks again if I don't accept. They will never invite me to this conference again if I don't accept. If I don't do this webinar, my whole career, everything that I've been building has been up to this point so I can say yes to this webinar and get discovered I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I really need me time. But I got to say yes. We got to get to the place where we can say it sounds like a great opportunity. But I'm going to have to pass this time. Yeah. Folks are coming to Moses. They, they are doing good things, right? They are trying to resolve their disputes that they could not resolve on their own. They are coming to Moses because Moses is the leader and they're coming to Moses because they want to get godly advice from him. Nothing about it is bad. All of that is good. The only problem is Moses is doing this from morning to night. And his father-in-law sees it. And he says, bro, this, this ain't good. Let's talk secondly. Let's talk secondly about the burden of no boundaries. So Moses has these people coming. They're coming all day. He set no boundaries. Let's talk a bit about the burden of boundaries. Look at what Jethro says to Moses in the second part of verse 18. He says this simply to him. The work is too heavy for you. What Jethro effectively says to Moses is that you were not built for this burden. But I got to be sympathetic to Moses so sometimes when I read scripture, I, I try to put myself in the character's shoes so, so that I could because it's easy to throw stones from the outside and say that what somebody is doing is ridiculous. It makes no sense. It is easy to armchair quarterback. It is easy to Monday morning quarterback looking back thousands of years after the fact. It's easy to look back and say, Moses should have just done it this way. But let me get sympathetic with Moses for a minute, because in Moses, I see myself. In Moses, I see some of you. Moses is in a quandary. He's the leader. He's anointed. God has chosen him. The people have chosen him. But Moses has this track record of great accomplishments that God sent through his hands. This Moses. But Moses is an organizational all star, if we can put it that way. I imagine that the weight of responsibility and the busyness carries with it a certain amount of even flattery for Moses. You know how we do. The exhaustion brag. Oh, work is so crazy right now. I'm managing 15 people and work is just it's bananas. You know, the exhaustion brag. It is talking about how tired we are, but at the same time, like bragging about how much weight is being placed on our shoulders. Our company and my team are just growing so fast. I'm working 70 hours a week just to keep up. Stuff is just, you know the word we like to use, crazy. I just got pulled into at work onto a special project. It's just crazy. Or if it's not work obligations, it's family obligations. It's the number of activities that our kids are in. I'm convinced that there is a whole kids activity industrial complex that is aimed at ruining our lives and taking over our Saturdays and Sundays. One time I was at the library. Uh, They do like a a bring your little kids in and read type of thing. This is when Layla was younger. Was there at the library on a Saturday morning and I'm looking around at other parents and all the parents are just like and everybody's trying like they we all felt obligated to be there. It's, sat, it's Saturday morning. It's like 915, which is be in the house and haven't even brushed your teeth yet time of day, in my opinion, but we are all up and out to do these activities with our kids, and it doesn't stop at that age as they get bigger, the responsibility, the pressure gets bigger. Layla is in dance, Layla is in swimming, Layla is in Kumon, Layla is in run club at school, and she just learned how to even run. She can only run like 50 meters at a time, but she's in a run club at school. And, and, and some of you have the same stories. Your kids are in soccer or your kids are in tennis or your kids are in golf or your kids are in fill in the blank thing that they are in. Because we have not set boundaries because we have not set boundaries. But Jethro. Jethro says to Moses that this work is too heavy for you. You are burdened because you have set no boundaries. He says to Moses, you need to do two things. You need strategy and you need structure, bro. The strategy is that you need to be preemptive. You need to be educating the people by teaching them God's decrees, teaching them God's instructions ahead of time before they get into it with each other, before they get into disputes with each other. Do this teaching ahead of time. Verse 20, he says, teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. Then in verse 21, he says, You also need structure, Moses. You need to be consuming your time with only the most difficult cases, only the most difficult disputes. But then other than that, that, you need to delegate. You need to find you some people, some people that have leadership qualities. And you need to set them over smaller subsets of people. And only that stuff that they cannot handle is the stuff that needs to be brought to you delegate. He says to Moses, you need strategy, bro, and you need structure. Sometimes structure comes with guilt. Sometimes structure takes things out of our hands. And as a result, we lose the ability to do those humble brags or those exhaustion brags because we have taken things out of our hands and trusted it to other people. Let me say that also. It is entrusting to other people. Trusting that that God has gifted other people other than you to do things. The reality is, and me included, we enjoy the affirmation that comes along with sensing that we are indispensable. That can't nobody do it quite like me. Can't nobody quite do, you fill in the blank whatever is your job like me. If it's in the mail room, can't nobody get them packages upstairs like me. So you got the whole cart because can't nobody do it like me. It is entr- it is trusting that other people aside from you, are also skilled to do things and it is entrusting those things to them. That is a part of setting boundaries. Yeah. I need us to start asking ourselves, where am I lacking structure in my life that could help me create better boundaries? Um, I'll share this story real quick. Um, Sometimes we don't put structures in place because we don't think we deserve them or we think that those structures in place somehow communicate something negative about us. Uh, so me and Carla struggled with this. Um, this was a, a little, a couple of years ago, with like getting a cleaning person to clean our house. Uh, to us, it's, it felt ins- well. To her, um, it felt elitist. <laughs> I grew up on too much Jay Z to care about feeling elitist. To Carla, it felt elitist to not be clean in our own house. Um, it, it felt like we were thinking too much of ourselves, that, that we weren't taking the time to, to clean up our own house. To me, it was just practical. Um, um, she works a very big job. We were raising, trying to figure out how to raise a toddler, uh, trying to at some times be present from time to time to our parents that live a thousand miles away. Me pastoring City Point uh, and all of the responsibilities that come with that. And investing in real estate uh, and young and debtless and trying to do the things to, to support people with that initiative and, and it and it just made sense that it didn't make sense to cut some of those things out to be really good at 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 vacuuming the floors in our house and not saying that there's anything wrong with that work but if there is somebody else that's saying yo if you've got some tasks that I can take off your hands, I will do them for X amount of dollars per hour, it would cost us a lot more to, to, for her to not show up as well as her, at her job. It would cost us a lot more for me to not show up well at City Point. It would cost us a lot more to take our eye off the ball with our real estate investments so it made sense that if some things can come off the plate, like the cleaning of our house, to just do it. It makes logical sense, but we, she, were struggling with the class implications of that. That's our story, but I think some of you have other stories that are unique to your situation where you feel bad about delegating, about putting structures in place, because whether it is related to class, whether it's related to what you grew up seeing. In some cases, it is what the partner grew up seeing or believing they were seeing. The Superman mom, the Superwoman mom who was mom and worked and cooked and cleaned and did all those things. Um, What was that song that came out in the 90s? I'm not your Superwoman. And so it is Uh, Deciding that we will put these structures in place. Let me hurry this thing along. Uh, The last thing that I see here um, is that mutual benefits, uh, that there are mutual benefits to boundaries. There are mutual benefits to boundaries. Verse 23, it says, If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. What Jethro says to Moses is that boundaries are a win win. In effect, Moses putting boundaries in place. It's going to be better for Moses, and it's going to be better for the people. I remember getting to a place in my professional career. This is when I was like pastoring here and also uh, working full time as a, as a teacher and school administrator. And we were investing, trying to do some investing in properties at the same time. I, I remember getting to a point where I was tired of doing a whole lot of things mediocre, Right where you know you know what it looks like to show up as your best to really knock it out of the park. And you know that that ain't what you showed up as last week or the week before or the week before that. And so you get into the meetings and you are hemming and hawing and using 30 words when you could use five words because you ain't really ready. Or like the long way around explanation of like. I ain't do what I needed to do yet. And so we are BSing our way through meeting to basically say that thing that I gave an update on in our last meeting last week, I ain't made no more progress on it than I had last week. And we feel horrible showing up that way, but we have to show up that way. Because we have spread ourselves too thin, I got to the place where I just like I was embarrassed. I was mad at myself. Now, I, I didn't need a, I didn't need a boss to tell me I was coming down on myself because I know that I've already graduated that level. I know what it looks like for me to bring my top game to anything, to preaching, to being. A, An A plus dad to being an A plus husband to being an A plus anything that I put my hands on. If I bring my best self, my A game to it, I knock it out of the park. And that's the case for many of us here. But I got to the place when I just got tired of showing up mediocre. And I realized that that didn't benefit me. And it did not benefit the other people. I thought that my yeses, yes, I can take on this project too. Yes, I can also do this because it's a good thing to do for the kids at the school. I thought my yeses were beneficial to other people, but they really weren't. They really weren't. Because I was showing up as mediocre. And then not only in that place, I was showing up mediocre in so many other places. So what Jethro says to Moses is that putting boundaries in place are a win-win. Look, when we don't set boundaries, we show up to things that we get invited to and we show up subpar. As an introvert, I have absolutely learned that if I don't set boundaries and I get invited to things, I will show up subpar. Um, Last week, so I have this fancy toothbrush that is operated by batteries Um, And Carla's a little jealous of it because she's at her sink brushing her teeth. She's getting like 20 strokes a minute, right? I'm getting 1,400 with my motorized toothbrush. But the battery started to run out this week. And so it was... And so she started joking me about my, my motorized toothbrush. And I thought about that toothbrush when I was getting ready for this sermon. Thought about how that toothbrush reminds me of myself as an introvert. I can be on, I I can be the toast of a party if I get a nap first. Oh, I can charm the whole party if I just get a nap first. But give me a busy week where I'm pulled here, I'm pulled here. I haven't had time for myself. I haven't put boundaries in place. I am horrible. I am socially—I am so socially awkward that people will probably just prefer that I just go home, <laughs> and I would prefer it as well. The it—it'll it, come off as if like I don't even like other human beings, and it's—it's it's just as an introvert, I need that time and that space to charge my battery. And I don't care who it is. It can be Carla. It can be my mom. It can be Layla, my dad, anybody. If I don't have that time to recharge my battery, I'm no good. I've learned that I got to set boundaries. Sunday mornings take a lot out of me. This, having to do all this interaction and be bubbly and all of that, that takes a lot out of me. Showing up as a leader for our team, that takes a lot out of me. Kicking it with y'all. I enjoy it after service. It is a highlight of my week. But it just the way God built me, it takes a lot out of me. So what I have to do after this is nothing social. I go home. I get a beer. I watch the Bears lose. And that is my three and a half hours of getting myself back together so that I can be right back at it for Monday to do what I need to do to show up well. Boundaries. It took me well into my 30s to learn that I needed those boundaries. And perhaps for some of us, we have not gotten to that place yet where we've identified those things that we need in order to those proper boundaries to set in our lives in order to show up as our best selves. For some of us, it is just a no. And it's getting at peace with it. For some of us, it is strategizing and putting structures in place. But whatever it is, put those things in place so that you can live with different boundaries. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus name, thank you for pushing us regarding boundaries today. I pray in Jesus name that you will uh, help us to make tough decisions, to do the difficult things, uh, to have boundaries and structures and strategies in our lives, uh, to help us show up as our best selves in all things. For some of us, it means saying no to some things. It means uh, breaking off some things that we have committed to. Um, I pray that you will give us a discernment to know what those things ought to be. I pray these blessings in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Won't you praise God for his word?